0: Hello everyone, this is Pastor Brenda. Welcome to Mosaic Life Church. We hope that you enjoy this Palm Sunday message. Here is Pastor Jack. That is so good. Uh, Today is a very special day in the history of our faith. Today is Palm Sunday. You've heard it. I'm going to talk a whole lot more about it today. But it's a special day in the history of our faith. Let me take a moment to pray and we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this day, this moment, this opportunity. Thank you for waking us up, giving us breath in our lungs, energy in our bodies, and here we are. God, we don't take the opportunity to gather for granted, but God, we're grateful, Lord, to be able to come into your house. Father, would you bless us today here in person, those online. I pray that your word would bring encouragement, strength, blessing, but also conviction and challenge. Help us, God, to understand the things you have for us. Speak to us today. We thank you. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 A lot of times when we think about Palm Sunday, we think about worship. And when we hear the word worship, we don't always know what it means or what it does. What does worship do? What is the significance of it? You see, in the biblical Greek, we see two words for the word worship. The very first one we see is proskning, which means to do reverence, a physical act. In the Greek, it means to go down on my knees, to be obedient to, to to worship, to prostrate myself in homage. You see, the second biblical Greek word that we see is sabo. Which means to worship. I reverence. I, I adore. I live in fear of God. It's not like, ah, I'm afraid of God, but I, but I so carry myself in a way that I recognize who God is in my life, in my decisions, in my actions, in my relationships and the things around me. I reverence God. Therefore, I, I, I fear God. And we see these two biblical Greek words. One is a physical act of worship and the other one is the way that I live my life. Both are worship. Both are important and both are needed. I ask you all this morning, do we recognize that worship goes out all over the globe but not all of it is to God? You see, oftentimes people worship what they, what they want, what they desire, what they need and I'll do anything I can to get it or on the other hand maybe it's that small carving and that idol and that that false god and they they give worship to this to this to this idol and they miss the fact of the one true god they're so close but yet so far away do you know the bible says that jesus is like the jesus is the living water you see on one of my trips to india they took us to visit the ganges river and the Ganges River for them is this, it's, it's one of their gods. It's one of, they consider it this life-giving flow of water. And so they, they took us on a little boat and we began to kind of tour it. And one of the tour guides, they, they began to cut up this fruit and as they were cutting up the fruit, they offered it to us for a fee. We'd pay them money, they'd give us the fruit, and then we'd lay the fruit down into the water, and so worship the water, give a give a sacrament, give an offering to the water. And as they as they as as they asked us to do this, we 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 we, we felt the spiritual darkness. Those of you felt like heavy fog come on. Well, the skies were clear, but you can feel the darkness around. You see, they were so close as they were. They believed that this water was living and alive. It was a God for them. Jesus is the living water. See, worship has always been powerful, but it only belongs to one. And today we dive into a passage of worship, this moment in history that is so important to our faith. It's a moment of great significance. And we see it in Matthew chapter 21 and verses 1-2. Through 11. We're going to read it here. You can follow along in your message notes. You read it up on the screen or um, just listen. It says this in verse one, as they, and they is Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem and came to Beth age on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her untie them and bring them to me. Jesus says, If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. Now, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Now, here's this insert in verses four and five. We're going to look at an Old Testament prophecy thousands of years before Jesus. And it says this in verse five. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, back to the passage in the moment, what's happening here in verse six When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Here's this powerful, special moment. To help me better illustrate this and to give you a better picture of this, I have a quick video. It's uh, about a minute and 30 seconds long. Would you check it out? Check out this video. Jesus, you have to eat me! Welcome oh. to our city! Hey, Jesus! He's on the donkey! He's the He raised Lazarus from the dead! He's Who is this Jesus of Nazareth? He's a prophet. A great prophet. A prophet? On a donkey? <proposals> to the healer of the sick. You have come to deliver us. Jesus the man and the king of the Jews. Lord, Jesus is the Lord. Jesus. Isaiah said, Jerusalem, daughter of Zion, behold thy king come unto thee, humble and meek." Jesus is the Lord. Son of David. Master, you are the hope of Israel. You are and savior! Jesus the public service Bless us, master! Heal me, master! Heal me! Oh, God, I Heal me. I, you a better picture of the moments. Such an important moment of worship in our history. You see, Jesus is going to come into Jerusalem for the very last time. Shortly after this, he's going to have the Last Supper. Right? You might have seen the painting. He'll be with his disciples. Right after that, he's going to be betrayed. Right after that, he's going to be arrested. Right after that, he's going to be beaten and whipped and charged. He'll be crucified. Guess what? Sunday's coming. See, this Sunday, we're going to celebrate his resurrection from the grave. We're going to celebrate his power. We're going to celebrate his promises are true. We're going to celebrate the forgiveness of our sins. Somebody say Sunday's coming. It's coming. It's coming. You see, it had been prophesied that Jesus would enter into the city, not on a chariot, not on a white horse, not in a limo, but on a donkey, humbly on a donkey. And the crowds had gathered. A lot of people had followed him from the previous miracles he had done in the city before with raising Lazarus from the dead. And so here they all are. And they begin, to, they begin to worshiping him, declaring who he is. You see, in this particular moment, it wasn't just what they sang. It's what they did. See, their actions are so powerful in this moment. And so there's two takeaways that I want to give you from this moment and encourage you today the very first one is this is that submission is a form of worship i'm going to say that again submission is a form of worship now what are you talking about pastor jack submission come on now submission sometimes we hear the word submission and we think that's weird what do you mean submit i'm gonna submit to who? who are you asking me to submit to what does that mean in our culture today you know, a lot of times when I think of submission, I think of the movie Over the Top, and I've shared this with you before. But for me, it just it, right away, I just go there. Any of you guys see the movie Over the Top? Any of you arm wrestled before? Some of you, and you go, you just, uh, uh, uh. and and the guy in the movie, he's like, "I own you," and he's like, "I'm not gonna submit." And some of you are like, "What are you talking about, Pastor Jack? I'm not gonna submit." You see, worship is this powerful form of communication to God. You see, what my worship is saying, it's saying, God, I surrender my will. God, I surrender my desires. I surrender my ways. I surrender my preferences. But you know what else it's saying? It's also saying, God, I surrender my sin. Yeah, that thing that I've been doing, that thing that I've been involved with. God, I I surrender all of this to you. I surrender my comfort. I ask you this morning, what's that area for you? See, what's that area in your life that you know of and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and reminding you now, what is that area in your life that you say, you know what, the truth is I gotta surrender that to God. I know that I have to give that up. I know that I gotta work that out. Let me suggest this. See, maybe the reason you've been struggling with certain things is because you still haven't submitted certain areas to God. See, maybe there's something in your pocket right now. Maybe there's something in your purse right now. Or maybe it's in your heart or your mind or you're dealing with it in one way or another. You see, in worship, I submit to God. I hand over to him. I communicate to him. God, I'm down with you. The way you want to do it, God, I want to do it that way. In verse 7, we see that does this happening with the disciples. It says this in Matthew 21, verse 7. It says, they brought the donkey and the colts Right, what is that? That's obedience. Jesus asked them, so they did it. And then it says this and they placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. Now, can I get a volunteer, real quick? Where'd Omar go? Omar's still around here. Hey, Omar, huh? Volunteer. I called on you last time, brother. I ain't calling you. It's all right, huh? Uh, Joshua, can you go? Thank you, thank you. And, uh, Joshua, that's a cool brother right here. He's pretty good on basketball. Came out to men's breakfast yesterday. Brother could play a little bit. All right. So uh, I, I, you're, you're not a donkey in any way. All right. I'm just going to put this on top of you like that. And so they, Jesus asked the disciples, would you bring the donkey? And when, when they brought the donkey, what they did is they took off their cloaks, this outer garment, and they laid it on him so Jesus could ride on it. I want you to understand the significance. See, the significance of this is submission. Now, I'm going to explain this a little more. Can we give him a round of applause? Again, brother, you are not a donkey. Just lay this out right here. You see, this was prophecy. Placing their cloaks on a donkey was a form of submission. It was declaring who Jesus is. See, I I have this image here of cloaks. See, cloaks were these outer garments, these protective garments. And if you took it off and you laid it out for someone, what you were saying is you're saying, "I, I submit to you. And what they did is they laid it there so that Jesus could ride on the donkey and walk over it. You see, the first time this happens in biblical history is in 2 Kings chapter 9. And we see Elisha the prophet. And Elisha's kind of, he's, he's the man, he's the older prophet. He's got some younger prophets that God has called that God wants to use in their life. He's got the rookie. And he says, listen, listen, uh, listen, young guy. I, I want you, God wants you to go find Jehu and go and anoint him to be the next king. And God wants him to do this and this. I need you to go and tell him that. So he tells the young prophet to go and do this in 2 Kings chapter 9. And so the young guy goes and he finds Jehu. Jehu's one of the guys in the military and he's surrounded around some other um, officers. And so they're all, there hanging out. The young prophet comes up to Jehu and says, hey, can we talk? Can we talk? And so they go off and they go off into another room and the young prophet just gets right to work. He takes the oil, pours it over his head, anoints him and says, listen, God has called you to be the next king. That's why I'm anointing you. And God wants you to do this, this, and this. And then the, the young prophet just runs right out of there, passes by Jehu, passes by the commanding officers and takes off. Jehu comes back to where the other officers are and he says, they say, well, hey, well, what did he want? He says, well, you know, he's always saying stuff and, you know, he's, you know, and you know, well, no, 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 but tell us what he did. I see he got oil on you, you know. What, 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 what did he say? And he said, well, you know, he anointed me and he said that God said, I'm gonna be the next king of Israel. And they were like, What? Immediately in that moment, they took their cloaks, they laid them out like this, and they had Jehu walk over them barefoot. And they began to declare he was king. You see, this is the first time this happens, and this was a form of submission. So when the disciples are doing this with Jesus, placing the cloaks on the donkey, they knew exactly what it meant. They knew exactly what was happening. They were submitting this area to God. So I ask you today, what's that area of your life that you need to submit to God? What's that area of your life that you, you need to lay it down, place it before the feet of Jesus, give it up, hand it over, relinquish control of that area of your life. What is that area? I want you to see what happens next. Look, look what happens next in verse eight. This is this, a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road. See, the disciples have done it now Now the crowds are doing it. See, what they're doing is they're saying, I believe you are who you say you are. I I, I believe it. I believe you are who you say you are. See, your submitting to God communicates a whole lot to him. Again, what is it that you need to submit to God? What is it that you need to lay at his feet or give up? By doing so, you are worshiping God. You're submitting to God. You see, the Bible says in James chapter 4 and in verse 7, It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit yourselves, submit yourselves, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, period. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. See, why does the devil flee from you? Because you resist him. Because you choose to submit to God. Here's what I want you to understand. When you don't fully submit to God, you aren't fully resisting the devil. I want you to get that. When you aren't fully submitting to God, you aren't fully resisting the devil. Well, you know what? I, I handed all these other areas to God and I love God and I'm trying to do all this and this. Yeah, but these other areas, I'm not really able, I'm just trying to hold on to them right now. See, when you don't fully submit to God, you're not fully resisting the devil. That means there's still an area of your life that's open for him to work. You, you, just, you just got it open. It's just right there. It's just available for him to just, just to work in your life. And to think that he won't take advantage of it. Ah, he's not going to take advantage of it. Come on now. The devil is looking for that entry. And when we don't fully submit to him, we're not fully resisting the devil. What are the areas that we need to hand over to God? I just want to remind each and every one of you today about the loving arms that are wide open just for you. God loves you no matter what you've been through, what you've done, what you've faced, what you endured. What you've done in secret, what you've done in public, God loves you and His arms are open wide. His mercy, His grace, His forgiveness is real. It's tangible. It'll change your life. It'll set you on a new path. You'll feel more complete and more satisfied than you've ever felt. You could chase everything in the world and never experience this satisfaction. I'll tell you, my God is good. He is good. I want us to get the first takeaway of this moment is that submission is a form of worship. Jesus is riding into the city for the very last time. He's coming to save us. He's surrounded by worship, and the second takeaway is that worship is a sign of victory. Someone say victory. victory. Worship is a sign of victory. So I ask you, what is that area of your life that you need victory over? What's that area? I pray that it would first come into existence by your, by, by your faithfulness and your passion of the way that you worship God. You see, for the Jewish people, they're hoping to be released from, from Roman oppression. They're hoping to be released from Roman government. They're hoping to be released from Roman power. They're looking for a savior. And here comes Jesus. He's not coming in on the white horse that they would hoped or the chariots or those things. But here he comes. Someone say, Jesus is here. See the Bible says in verse 21 uh, chapter 21 verse 8 B it says this while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road Now why would they do that? Why why would they cut branches palm branches and 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 spread them out? I, I mean why not? If everyone's just using cloaks and cloaks was a form of submission why would some of them use palm branches? Why would, why would they, why would they use that? Why would they lay out palm branches? Is it because, is it because they had, they had just got a new cloak? They're like, Jesus, I just got this cloak. Check it out. Like it matches my shoes. I'm not trying to get it dirty. I just got fitted with this one. Jesus, listen, let me cut a, a palm branch instead. Was, was, was that the reason? That, that's not the reason. Listen, I had this slide. I want you to see palm branches here. See, palm branches, what they signified was Jewish nationalism. They signified victories. You see, when the when the, when, the, when the military went out and when they had won, they'd wave these palm branches. They would lay them out over the soldiers because victory had had taken place. And so, and, and even the palm branches even ended up on some of the Jewish, on, on some of the Jewish coins. Let you see a picture of here, some of the coins, and give you an idea of what some of this looked like. But what's happening here in this moment is they emphatically laid the palm branches out. And what they had done is they had declared a victory that had not even happened yet. They hadn't even seen it come to pass. You see, their worship was a declaration of what they believed would happen, something that they had not even experienced yet. And so I ask you this question, what would it look like what if you began to worship with that kind of faith what if what if the victory that they had not even experienced yet but they they laid it down in sign of victory what if you worshiped God and declared victory and it hasn't even happened in your life yet that kind of faith that kind of faith we're talking about See, what is it that you need to overcome? What is it that you need to see victory in your life happen? What is that area you've struggled with, you wanted to overcome, you've been dealing with, you've been trying to submit to God, or you want to see, maybe you've gotten the bad medical report, or maybe you've been dealing with these different areas, but what is that area that you want to see victory in? And they, they, they worshiped with such great faith, they laid it down, they, they had not even experienced yet, and they, they believed Jesus. See, what if your worship said, Jesus, I don't got this. I don't, I don't got it. What if, what if your worship communicated, Jesus, I don't got it. All of my talents, my abilities, my resources, my connections, my bank account. I, I don't got it. I can't do it. What if your worship communicated, I don't got it, but you got it. You got it. You're my provider. God, I trust you. God, you're my healer. God, I believe it's going to come. God, you're my, my way maker. I believe I'm going to experience it. You're going to make a way, God, out of no way. What if your worship communicated that? What if it said just that? Listen, maybe in your life you felt helpless and hopeless. Maybe there's a situation, like I mentioned, maybe you got a bad medical report, your finances, something happened to your family, generations, you've been dealing with the same thing over and over. Maybe you felt stuck, and you felt like your feet are in cement blocks, and you feel like you haven't been able to move past that area of your life, and you've hoped, and you've prayed, and you've wondered, and you've wished, and you've done everything you can, and it's still the same situation. Maybe you felt helpless and hopeless, felt like giving up, You're just done with the whole situation. You just want it over. I remember one particular time, my family and I, we got really sick. It was before my daughter, Adiela, was born. It was just the four of us, my wife and I, my my two older kids. And we got really sick. You know, during this pandemic, we haven't got sick around. We're wearing masks, not around a lot of people. Thank God, a whole year went by, not even a cold or anything. But I I remember a few years back and we were all sick and we had like the flu, strep throat or something like that. We're all laid down. It's like the the energy in your body is completely zapped. You feel achy and you got no energy for nothing. See, when you're a parent and you feel that way, it's really difficult to see your children in the same way, feeling like you can't help them, you can't give them, right? It's a special feeling. It's a a, a weird, it's it's a feeling that you have as a parent. And I remember my wife and I, just with the, the rest of the brain power we had in moment in that moment, and with the reminder of the Holy Spirit, he just said, "Listen, you know, what? there's nothing we can do. This is completely outside of our control. I, I, I want to help, but I can't. So we got to trust God with this. We got to ask God. See, God, I can't not do anything about this, but you can." so we came into agreement with our faith, believing God, so we just worshiped Him. So I want to encourage you today, what if in this moment there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can change about the situation. It's not your know-how, it's not your connections, it's not your resources, but it is your faith in Christ Jesus. If you allow Him to do it, if you allow Him to be the King of Kings. If you allow, if you'll put your cloak out and submit to Him that area and fully resist the devil, if you'll lay the palm branches down and declare victory in the name of Jesus even before it's happened, if you'll pray and worship with that kind of faith, watch what God will do in your life. Are you following me, church? See, these Jewish people, they spread out these palm branches. And for them, they knew exactly what that meant. They were declaring victory in their worship. So I want you to imagine with me, imagine Jesus riding in on the donkey, riding into the city for the last time. The city is below, the crowds have gathered, the people are are there, the cloaks are laid out, the palm branches are laid out, and worship songs are going out. They cried and they believed in victory. And this worship ends up stirring up the whole city. The Bible says in Matthew 21 verses 10 and 11, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus. Someone say, this is Jesus. See, now is the time to shine bright. Now is the time to lay that area down and submit to God. Now is the time to be honest. Now is the time to be real. Now is the time to trust God with that area of your life. Now is the time to worship God with great confidence. You know, the truth is we've been praying for revival for years. We've been praying for revival. The revival must happen here in you, in your heart, in your life. It's got to happen right here. So while you worship him, well you worship him, You know, in the same passage in a different book of the Bible, this is in Luke 19, 40. Jesus says, I tell you, he replied, if these people keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Now is the time. Submit those areas to him. Give up what is no good in your life. Hand it over to him. Bring it to the altar and declare victory in the name of Jesus. Would you trust him? Here's my challenge for you and we're going to pray. My challenge is simply this. Will you give up those areas of your life and submit them to God? You know exactly what it is. You know exactly what it is. I know the Holy Spirit has already spoken to you, already, you, you know. Will you give up those areas of your life and submit to God? Secondly, will you enter into a more powerful form of worship and believe God for what is yet to happen? So we can worship Him and thank Him for what He's done but will we worship him and declare victory for what is yet to happen? Let me take a moment to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for waking us up and breath in our lungs and the opportunity to gather, Lord. God, you are so good and you're so faithful. Thank you, Jesus, for this faithful Palm Sunday as it kicks off Holy Week, Passion Week, this week, Jesus. Or you're going to ride into the city for the last time. Jesus, thank you. God, they, they laid palm branches to submit to you. They, they, laid, they, they laid their cloaks down to submit and palm branches to declare victory in your name. God, you're so good and you're so faithful. And today, God, we submit to you. We choose, God, to lay it out for you, Lord. Father, forgive us. Maybe there's somebody here and you say, you know what? The truth is I haven't been living right with God. I got to get right with God. I, I, I really want my life to line up with who he is and his word and be right. And if that's you, you say, you know what? That's me. I, I, I got to get right with him. I, I really got to get right with him. And if that's you, nobody looking out, just, just quickly put up your hand and, and then down. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Heavenly father, forgive us. Forgive us for our sins. Forgive us for our mistakes. Forgive us for the wrong things we've done. God, you are so good and you're so faithful. God, we recognize that your arms are open wide just for us right now in this moment. So Father, we choose you. We choose you. Would your mercy and grace be over us. So we lay that down in submission and we declare victory in the name of Jesus. And we worship you in this moment. Would you hear our prayer and receive our worship? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We just give the Lord a round of applause. I hope that you enjoy the message today. If you are new or have any questions, please text NEW to the number on the screen. We pray God's blessing over you. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon.